in honor of, uh, there's people standing in back and people standing over in the hall, so I'll keep this just under two hours. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a giver. Uh, so uh, if you were told that the king of the universe was being born here in Genesee County tonight, where would you go look? That's the question. If you and I were told the king of the universe will be born in Genesee County, where would you look? I'm from Montrose. None of you would go there. Uh, but as it turns out, we do have an answer to that question to some extent. We know where the king of the universe chose to be born. In a tiny, dirt-poor town in a country under foreign rule during a time of unspeakable violence and during a time when the infant mortality rate was about 40%. That's when, and that's where the king of the universe decided to be born. Not a palace, not when there was peace and order, but in darkness, during a chaotic census by an oppressive government. That's when the king of the universe said, I'm coming. For you and I to find Jesus, that's where we need to look. Among the smallest and the least and the most embarrassing and in the unexpected. At heart, Christianity is all about joy and hope and transformation. That's what it's about. But we keep making about who's sinning. Of course, not like us. And how can we make them stop it? But we forget that that idea is a symptom of Christianity. But that's not it. Christians encountered Christ. And it changes them. That's who we are. And we might look and see in ourselves the embarrassing, the childlike need at times, our inability to walk two spiritual steps without face planting. We might look at that and feel such shame and wonder, when's God gonna give up? I know, never. He likes our smallness. Our chaos doesn't scare him. And our darkness doesn't make him turn away. He could have been born anywhere, anytime. But he was born in a stable, in a darkness, in chaos and violence. I hope that's what fills us with hope. I hope that fills us with joy. Because those are things we know. We know darkness. We know chaos. We make those things. And we make them very, very well. And can we choose to believe tonight that a God who chose to be born in the way he was wants to be close to you in those moments where you and I feel most unlovable, most chaotic, the darkest. I think we struggle to believe that because we overvalue the thing in us that we know is most random, our feelings and our emotions. Because we don't feel God, we assume he's not there. But there's a truth at the manger that transcends our feelings and our emotions. And that truth is this. He chose us. He chose the stable. 
He chose the chaos. He chose the darkness. And he chose those things. Because that's where we are. That's how badly he wants to be close to us. Emmanuel. You heard that in our first reading. The prophecy, Emmanuel, it literally means God with us. God hero. You heard these titles. God with us in the darkness. God with us in the chaos. God with us when we are horrified by our own lowliness. God with us when we feel most unlovable, when we weep for pain, we shake with anxiety, we cry at graves. God with us. God with us when we feel abandoned, betrayed, and forgotten. God with us. By taking on flesh, he threw in his lot with ours. If it happens to you, he says, it happens to me. If you die, I die. He didn't have to. But that's where you are. So that's where he wants to be. He who was, who is, who is to come, existence itself, a being outside of time, power itself, became tiny, breakable, dependent. The king of the universe placed himself in our hands to feed him, to protect him. Whatever you think you lack, he experiences that lack with you, and again, for no reason but love. And because he did that, because he took his divine nature and infused it into our human nature, he took every human experience that isn't sin, and he made it holy. When you look at your spouse, who sometimes drives you nuts, and you feel that little burst of crazy love, that's a holy moment. When you look at your kids and you feel a kind of hope, that's a holy moment. And when you realize you wasted a day, the whole day, grumpy, dark, gossipy, mean, and you sit with that failure, that's a holy moment because it's yours and so it's his. He wants those moments because he wants you. You are loved that much. Hold on to it. As we think about what we celebrate tonight, I'm going to ask us to make a couple commitments. I ask us to commit to gratitude. Every day, we should thank God that he did this, that he came to our rescue. He saw our pain and he said, I'll make it my pain. And that way it's holy. I ask us to be super grateful for that. I ask us to pause and think about what it means that love itself feels this way about you. What does that mean about your dignity, about your value, about your worth? That love looked at you and said, Oh, you're worth all my blood and all my breath. Think about that. 
I'll ask us to pause and decide that every day we'll give ourselves even just a little time to turn off the noise around us, to turn off the noise that reduces us to what we can consume or what we can accomplish or what we believe. Turn that noise off and sit for a moment and think about these things. Never let the craziness of our lives or our struggles with sin or our disappointment in ourselves or others take away from that beautiful truth that lights up the darkness. You are loved this much. And he has proven that love. He has proven that he is with us. He will never abandon us. And he has shown us the lengths he will go to connect. Sit with that love and then give it back.